Welcome to the podcast for St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to our St. Andrews podcast. I am Stephanie Greenwald, the associate pastor at St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church, and I'm glad that you are joining us today. I hope wherever you are, you're having fun and things are looking good out whatever window you are looking out of today. And I'm excited to be here with my good friend and my senior pastor, D.A. Bennett. How are you today? I am good. You know, uh, last time we recorded, it was cold outside. It's still cold yes. today. Are, are you wearing a pair of nice winter boots again yes, today? Yes, of course I am. Because, you know, in Oklahoma, you got to take every opportunity to wear your winter boots because it doesn't come around that often. Right. I, mm-hmm. I, I haven't worn mine in church because when I get here in the morning, I walk and I don't want to walk in boots. Yes, right. I don't blame you. Yeah, they're a little hard <laughs> when, to walk when in. When I was in Russia, it was real interesting. Uh, you would see women... It just, you know, dressed to go somewhere like when we went to the symphony. Yeah. Uh, But they carry shoes with them so they can stay warm because we were there uh, over Christmas. It's cold. uh, And you go in and every place has a place to check your hat and your gloves and everything. Wow. But they would put their shoes on and then before they would leave, whatever that place was, they'd put their boots back on. So they get to take two pairs of shoes with them everywhere they go. It is socially acceptable. This is the dream of my (laughs) life. I might have to move to Russia. Well, I would encourage you that if you go, go in the summer. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Okay. uh, Two pairs of sandals are easier to take along. We have had, you know, I actually was thinking one of the maybe the hidden blessings about all this cold weather yes. is it did create isolation and distancing for people. It did. So, oh, yeah, for you know, sure, which was probably maybe there's much some, needed. there's uh, some blessing in the midst of some really <laughs> miserable weather. Oh, in sure. fact, it, I, I do want to say if Drew Terry is listening to this, I've been meaning to email him all week. He is a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh, yes. And tell him, take your Lambeau Field weather back. Do We do not want <laughs> we it We don't here. want it anymore. <laughs> That's right. You can have it back. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about what's happening today because this, this is our last week. This is our last week for this series yeah. on Reset. And again, Again, we've been looking at uh, personal profiles of people in Scripture and how they needed a reset for something in their lives. But today, in, in many ways, today is a sermon that I have been anticipating. I feel like it's such an important topic that we're dealing with yeah. uh, that I knew, I knew I couldn't fit it all into one sermon, and I thought I don't have to because right. we'll be podcasting on this. Uh, but it's not an individual profile. It's a corporate profile. Yes. And that is today we're profiling a reset that the church needs. And yeah. as we've used all D words, the D word is disruption. Yes. And, and honestly, I felt like I could preach a whole series on this. Yeah, for sure. But... Uh, when, when I talk about reset in the church, I'm not talking about reset at St. Andrews. Uh-huh. I'm talking about Big C, the universal body of Christ. Right. I think there's some uh, implications for our thinking that we'll hear about today uh, that come out of this disruption mm-hmm. that we're in. Yeah. So... Uh, one of the, if you listen to the sermon this past Sunday, thank you. We're always grateful that you do that. Uh, but we looked at Acts 2. And when I was thinking, when has the church ever been disrupted? My, my first thought was when the church started, mm-hmm. which we read about in Acts chapter 2, that Pentecost Sunday, right. that was a big disruption. It yeah. was when the Holy Spirit moves in our lives 
it is disruptive. It is. It sets things back mm -hmm. to where they're supposed to be, yep. uh, or maybe it doesn't set them back. Maybe it sets it forward right. <laughs> to, to what God is doing now. And so um, in, in Acts 2, what we see is we see a group of Jewish people who believe in Jesus. They believe he was resurrected. They're committing mm -hmm. to sharing that good news. Right. And when the Holy Spirit comes, now all of a sudden they find themselves in an, an unusual situation. It seems pretty friendly at first because they're Jews. When they would uh, want to worship, they would go to the temple. That's what they had right, done their exactly. whole lives. Or, or in smaller towns, they would go to the synagogues. Yeah. Uh, but when they started talking about the Messiah has come and you know this Jesus who was crucified was raised from the dead, and yeah. uh, that was not... Jewish theology anymore. That was Christian mm -hmm. theology, and they weren't welcomed at the temple for very long. So, if you're going to worship, where are you going to go? Right. What are exactly. you going to do? Uh -huh. And when we read the New Testament, obviously we know that they gathered in people's homes, right. which is, you know, if, if you need a small group instead of a traditional kind of discipleship Sunday school class, that would be a good thing mm -hmm. to think about. Um, they would, in some places, they would worship by a river, yes. which, which honestly, I never thought of it, but maybe that's because if people came and believed, they could baptize yeah, them. perfect. Uh, but there are plenty of opportunities in um, our, the history since that Acts chapter 2 yeah. where the Holy Spirit has moved and disrupted things. I'm going to talk about one, yes. and then I want you to talk about uh, another one. Yeah. Uh, the United Methodist tradition mm -hmm. was started in a disruption. Yeah. Uh, the Church of England, for the most part, was kind of spiritually dead. It was only rich people that went because mm -hmm. the poor people had to be at work all the time. Yep. Um, John Wesley was an Anglican priest. Mm -hmm. He was just distraught over not just the spiritual lethargy in the church, but the spiritual lethargy in his own life. Right. And when he had what we call the Aldersgate experience, his heart was strangely warmed, which is such a polite English way of saying it, uh, because I think what happened was uh, he surrendered his whole heart and the Holy Spirit moved and disrupted his yeah. life because now he's not going to be this poor Anglican priest. Yeah. He's going to be somebody that, that led a move of God yes. that still exists over 200 years later. Yes, exactly. Uh, and at the same time the Holy Spirit was moving in England through mm -hmm. Wesley's leadership, right. it was moving in uh, the newly formed United States, the colonies in the newly formed United States yeah. in a period of history called the Great Awakening. Yes. Uh, and so we have seen how that has effect. Under Wesley's revival, one of the things that he never really accomplished in his lifetime, but he mm -hmm. started, is to disrupt the practice that was he had seen popular in the colonies of the institution of slavery. Yes, right. And William Wilberforce, who was the person credited with kind of abolishing that in England, yeah. was encouraged by Wesley shortly before Wesley's death to, you know, get rid of this vile thing. And so yeah. when the Holy Spirit moves, it doesn't just disrupt things in the church. It disrupts things in our yeah. social settings. Everyday in, 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 life. In our life. Yeah. I, I, you know, wish I had more time to talk about yes. that, but it's crazy. Well, you, you know of another uh, historical thing. Yes. Why, why don't you talk about that? Well, so then you think about other times that are a little more recent that we've had this kind of disruption where the Holy Spirit has come. And really what I like to say is like, 
it, it reminds me of Pentecost because of the tongues of fire. We right. always usually say like people people caught the fire of God. Mm-hmm. That's why I love that you said that John Wesley or yeah, John Wesley's way of saying his heart was strangely warmed was a polite British way of basically saying he caught the fire of God. Exactly. And in America at the at this other time, really it was probably in like the I would say the seventies, eighties. Well, even prior to that, back a hundred years ago on the West Coast. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah, Zuzu Pacific in, in, Revival. Right, yes, right. that one as well. But when we think about the Pentecostal charismatic renewal, I I really credit um, uh, who I am today to that renewal that I didn't even live through because of the fact that my parents lived through right. it. And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, I truly believe it, it turned the tide of our family. And so um, I have always been so thankful for my parents' experience of the charismatic renewal because uh, that that set in motion a course for me, for my sister, for my brother, that I am certain would not have been set in place had that not happened in their lives and had my parents not been open to being filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember at a very young age, um, and, and I experienced this in church where I was singing one Sunday. I think I was a third grader, and I was singing with the little children's choir, and we got to sing with the big choir, and it was just this moment that was, like, <laughs> epic in my life. And uh, I'll never forget feeling this overwhelming feeling during this song. And, and I mean, I, if I was to describe it to you physically, it'd be like goosebumps everywhere, like taking your breath away kind yeah. of feeling. And I remember going to my dad afterwards, sitting on our screened-in porch and saying to him, what was that feeling? Like, I don't even know what that was. And he looked at me without any question, and he said, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. You yeah. know, you were, you were filled with the Spirit in that moment. And I remember being uh, so curious about, okay, what is this thing of the Holy Spirit? Because I knew God. I, I had a relationship through Jesus Christ and, and all of that. But that really was a next step for me. And that, that, I think, is what the charismatic movement was. It was a sweeping through of certain areas where people were open to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And for that, it was this idea that the gifts of the Holy Spirit still manifest themselves right. today. And we saw that in the charismatic renewal. So again, very disruptive though to the yeah. church overall, because it was kind of like this, um, this, uh, clashing of forces that we saw with between the Jews and the Christians uh, early on, right? Where absolutely. They, they were like, you can't worship here. And we kind of see that, that once the Holy Spirit fills people up, they do things that don't always make sense to people who are not filled with right. the Holy Spirit. And they don't always like to mix where, um, and so there was this clashing of forces during the charismatic renewal where then it kind of became, okay, are you a part of this group that's the renewal or are you not a part of it? Which is sad that it divides and yet there has to be a distinction because it is different. Right. And of course I first encountered this during the Uh seventies and kind of explored it. It was one of the things that ultimately led me to um, go to seminary at Oral Roberts University. Mm -hmm. But I remember uh, in the, the churches, United Methodist churches in Tulsa, there were some that had a reputation of being a charismatic United yes. Methodist Church. In fact, the church your dad served, yes, Tulsa First, where was, I met my husband, was yeah. considered that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was happening, for those of you that don't know, is United Methodists, or you can really go any mainline denomination, Presbyterian, right. Disciples of Christ, Lutherans, right. that were having these spirit-filled, charismatic kind of experiences, when they went back to their own church, they didn't always have place to express that. And, right. and it was disruptive. Sadly, 
uh, it led to some churches to divide. Right. Um, but that gave rise to some of the larger independent charismatic churches, exactly. especially in Tulsa, that, that you could see is yes. because it, it was a disruptive movement. Yes. So when, when we talk about the church and we talk about disruption, um, and, and right now we have a different kind of disruption, I'm, I don't want to say that it is caused by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but I think it's being leveraged by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that is, the question I ask is, what if God is using the pandemic, mm-hmm. not causing the pandemic, right. but using the pandemic to reset things in the church, yeah. not back to where they were, although in some senses I think it is back, right. but forward to here's what we have to do and here's some realities we, right. we have to embrace. And, right. and while I am so ready for the pandemic to be over, at that point I've got to say, Hey God, <laughs> yeah. we, we've been crying out to you for yes. for these little things. Oh, we have, and you've yes. been planning bigger things. Right, so true. So, um, when we we talk about a reset in the church mm-hmm. and the disruption that it calls, one of the things I'd want to encourage people with is not every disruption in the church is leveraged by the Holy Spirit <laughs> or caused by the Holy Spirit. That's true, because we we do know that the Holy Spirit brings order, yes. not chaos. Right. That's the message to the Corinthian church. Right. But on a, a more personal level, and I think this is where most of us begin to think about it, mm-hmm. is if disruption hits the church, big C, global body of Christ, right. if, if a disruption hits the church, it hits us too. Yes. And there can be no denying that there are just things that we haven't been able to do for almost a year now yeah. that cause me tremendous sorrow. Yeah. Um, first Sunday of the month when we have communion, I mean, we, we had communion just a, a couple of Sundays mm-hmm. ago. And I remember it's like, I, well, number one, I got it wrong. If, if y'all were at the <laughs> 830 service, I said some things backwards, but y'all were nice not to no. laugh or anything when I did that. <laughs> um, but I, I miss people being able to come up right. and us hand them a piece of bread and, yeah. and smile and say, this is a body of Christ broken yes. for you. And I'm, I'm thankful we have opportunity to say, so just peel back that layer of cellophane <laughs> and grab that wafer uh, and that we all share that together. I mean, right. I, I find some joy Still that we're important. not completely missing it. Right. Um, but but that's one of the things that, that hits me. I, right. You know, we didn't get to have on-site services for Easter last year. Right. We didn't get to have on-site Christmas Eve mm-hmm. services this year. And it's not that we did without those. We celebrated them as best yes. we could. But the large holiday gatherings are something that that we're missing. That, yeah. that hits us. Um, and so in the midst of, again, thinking through, you know, God, what are you doing? Right. Not just in church big C, but... But what are you doing at St. Andrews? Right. And and last summer, um, we did the series on the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit yes. and the podcasting we did. Yes. And one of the things I shared is uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit that I was praying for at the time was the gift of faith. Yes. Um, and so if if the, the invitation from the sermon was this. If you want to join me in praying for our church, mm-hmm. then here's a simple one sentence prayer that you can pray. This is, you know, what what I pray when I'm walking in the gym. Yeah. Lord, give us the gift of faith to do what you are calling this church to mm-hmm. do. And 
obviously I had some ideas and, and some thoughts about that. I mean, we're thinking uh, a previous superintendent prior to – well, he Greg Tainer was probably DS when you were appointed right, here. Right, right. Uh, but I remember him sitting in my office and saying, hey, would y'all – consider opening a church in this area down in right. you know downtown Oklahoma City and our current superintendent Victor McCullough has asked me more than once have y'all ever thought of doing multi-site it's like that was a way of going through the church right. and St. Andrews is a strong church and is right. is is this what we're doing and so it's like gosh if people are asking you should you be doing this you listen to it right. and you begin to pray about it yeah uh, and you and I have talked about yes. you know what's the next step for St. Andrews what's the, the next big thing and so Definitely. for months I was just praying Lord give us the gift of faith to do what you're yeah. calling this church to do yeah. and the opportunity that is presenting itself to us right now and I think this is a reset that God is doing in the church yes, definitely. Is, is the whole reality of online services mm -hmm. and online communion. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think you are so right about that. And and it's going to be exciting to see what God does with it because it really is a, a somewhat uncharted territory, at least post-pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, one of the things that we've done here in the church, again, I hope people have known this, was mm -hmm. we took what I thought was really a, a necessary but bold step of faith. So God yes. know, giving us that gift of yes. faith was when we um, hired Lauren Malmay last year to mm -hmm. be our director of young adult ministries. Uh, so we hired a staff person to do discipleship in a pandemic. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and she they, is. They meet online. Exactly. You know, they, they're forming community that, mm -hmm. you know, the, the goal for some of that is that people will, um, online people will feel free to be on site when they feel safe to do that. But I think an, another reality of all the stuff that I read says your online community may never be on site. Right. And that's kind of a, a crazy, it's a little bit of a disruption. <laughs> crazy thing to think about. Yeah. And, yeah. and it doesn't mean, you know, I, I don't want anybody to have the, uh, misinterpretation of what I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, we're getting ready to just say, no. y'all join us on camera. No, <laughs> trust me, we want to be on site. Yes. We need to be on site. I, I miss your hugs and your smiles yes. and your handshakes. Those are right. things I can't wait till we can do again. But God is using this to reset things. Yeah. And God is calling us to a whole new way of doing discipleship yes. that we may not have considered mm -hmm. before. Exactly. Well, and I love how your prayer about faith um, the interesting thing to me is, and I know I get kind of a front seat view, both on Sunday mornings and, you know, <laughs> hypothetically, but also um, I get a front seat view of watching you and your leadership. And I have seen the results of this prayer in the way that you are leading the church. Mm. And it's really exciting to see because, you know, a lot of times God does does not always do things uh, like he does with Moses in the burning bush. It's not always just this right. ignite a flame and Go to Pharaoh. Yeah. yeah, and here's exactly what you're going to do, and you're going to do it now. It Usually God is a much more gradual um, progression with us because I think he knows we need we need that. But I have definitely seen that result in in your leadership and as, as leadership of the church to say, Okay, we're open now because praying for faith really is the first step in something like this. Because to say, even to say to God first, 
uh, give us the resources to do what you've called us to do is not the first step. That That's not what we should be praying right. for first. We should be praying first for the faith to do what he calls us to do. And those other things will fall into place as, as that happens. Well, that, that's so kind of you to share. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm humbled by that. I, I thank you for that. And I, I praise God for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was thinking that sometimes in our lives, things happen to us that get disruptive. And, you know, when I travel, I'm going to get from point A to point yes. B as quickly as possible. Right. And, you know, I don't want to slow down sometimes. And sometimes God slows me down. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, but I, I think about, uh, like if I were on a trip and I had a blowout. Yes. Well, when I'm on a trip, I'm usually on a schedule. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and I can either get mad and fuss and fume and mm-hmm. I don't have time for this. Right. Uh, or sometimes I can say, God, I don't have time for this, but I've got to deal with it. Right. Well, what are you doing right. through this? How are you leveraging this to do something mm-hmm. that, that you want to do? Definitely. At, for our church, it, you know, again, as I reflected on... Um, disruption and things are changing. And if y'all want to call me and say, hey, what do these changes look like? I, I can tell you right now what it's going to look like. I don't really know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Stephanie said, sometimes you just, you just have to take the next step and, right, and exactly. follow where the spirit is leading. Right. But one of the things that, that gives me uh, a, a sense of peace and a sense of confidence in the midst of all this is at, at St. Andrew's, we are a people whose lives have been disrupted mm-hmm. more than once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just the pandemic of 2020. Right. It was a tornado of 2013. It was a tornado of 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had our lives and our witness disrupted many times. And that just leads me to believe that we thrive mm-hmm. in disruption. That is our DNA. That's yeah. who we are. I mean, we, we can do some things well. When do you really do some of the the greatest work is when we are so emptied out by what happens that we just say, God, do what you're going to do, and we're here and available. And yes. it's just such yes. – we, we thrive in disruption. And so there's a part of me that has confidence that he, even if God is changing some things in the church and setting them forward to the way they have to be, yeah. as long as we're following God, we're going to thrive. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. Well, and I love this idea, too, that, I mean, you started out by saying when the Holy Spirit is at work, it does cause disruption. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is why we as St. Andrews thrive in disruption because we thrive in the presence of the Holy Spirit. This church is special. The people that make up this church are special. And I know that you may be listening and you're thinking, I don't ever get to come to that church. Well, you're still part of what we're doing. You are special. And God has great things in store for St. Andrews. And we really do thrive in the disruption of the Holy Spirit. And and some of the things that we do on site, we know they don't translate well online. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things we're asking ourselves is how do we do better? Right. How, how, how can we translate that? So you have any closing thoughts on this? Again, I could have preached a whole series oh, on this. I, I tried to cram why. a lot into yeah. one series. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I, I just absolutely love it. I would just say that in your own life, as, as you're listening today, you might think about the fact that, you know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit moves in your life, it really does come cause a disruption. So I know a lot of times we don't like disruption because it makes us uncomfortable. It takes us from what we were comfortable in uh, to, uh, you know, something that is new and that is different and that maybe is uncomfortable. But, you know, you got to ask God, hey, can you help me learn how to thrive in this situation? Because just like DA said a minute ago, when you want to go where the Holy Spirit is leading, even if it's into some rough waters, even if it's into some uncharted territory. If the Holy Spirit's there, 
that's where you want to be. Exactly, exactly. So as as we're closing today, again, uh, we appreciate so much your willingness to listen. We have two services on Sunday uh, that are both online and on-site at the same time, one at 8.30, then we uh, fog the building, and then we have another one at 10.30. Uh, it's, it's always our hope that you would give us a shout-out when you're watching online. Let us know that you're present, and we look forward to always being able to see each other when we're on-site together. Um, but, but as we conclude today, I just want to offer a prayer uh, for me and for you and for all who are listening and that's just simply, Lord Jesus, we, we honor you and we bless you and we want to be your people. Even when you take us to places or experiences that we're not used to, Lord, give us the gift of faith to do what you call our church to do. God bless you. We'll see you again soon. Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe that'll work for you. God bless you.